Makia, serene, majestic, beautiful Queen of Sheba. Yes, so great was the beauty of this magnificent black woman, it has become legendary. And now, out of the mist of 3,000 years, emerges today's beautiful black queen. Naturally beautiful, radiant, she is black essence. Welcome to Break the Boxes Stories. You're listening on WMBR 88.1. This is Lemma. I'm Lean. <laughs> and I'm Esmira. And we are excited to have you all back for our fourth episode. So today we have Dr. Ruth Nicole Brown, professor and inaugural cha- chairperson of the Department of African American and African Studies at Michigan State University. Brown grew up in Park Forest in Chicago Heights, Illinois, nurtured by bold and determined practices of collective possibility. She continues to activate home truths and bring others to futures of radical creative power and praxis through saving our lives, hearing our truths, also known as Solhot. Did I pronounce that correctly? Oh, hot. Yep. Oh, hot. Okay. <laughs> I, I said it the academic way. <laughs> a collective Brown founded in 2006 to celebrate Black girlhood by meeting Black girls face to face and heart to heart. Soul Hot has received support from the Novo Foundation, campus grants, nonprofit institutions, and those who actively participate. Nicknamed Dr. B by the homegirls of Soul Hot, she has published two books Here Are Truths The Creative Potential of Black Girlhood and Black Girlhood Celebration Toward a Hip-Hop Feminist Pedagogy. Co-edited several anthologies, including Disruptive Qualitative Inquiry, Possibilities, Intentions, and Educational Research with Rosanna Carduki and Candice Kuby, and Wish to Live, the Hip-Hop Feminist Pedagogy Reader with Charma J. Kawai. I hope I pronounce those names at least remotely. Sounds good. But yeah, just to give some like background here, I took a class with Dr. B when she was at University of Illinois. It was called Hip Hop Feminism. And I'm an engineering student, so this was like on a different side of campus and a different dictionary and completely different type of structure. And I I probably talk about this class once every few months. It, um, it was probably the only one unstructured course where I was able to really think about things that would motivate me today beyond academia i mean something that 2020 has taught me at least is that this to me means very little like being in school and learning i mean it's it's an important thing to do and put yourself in but at the end of the day it's really easy for me to go to bed and say it feels a bit meaningless and i think the questions we brought up in our course were about social justice it was about personal justice and how do we bring that into our day-to-day and more than anything, we talked a lot about ciphers, and that's an idea that actually introduced me and Izmira to each other because we love this idea of like building on your community, learning from each other, and like having conversations that constantly flow. I mean, we even had a cipher in your class, I remember, to dance. And I was this like really shy girl, really intimidated by everyone, and everyone like had to dance in a circle, and it was... Yeah, it, I definitely pushed a lot of my own personal like comfort zones in that class. And um, I even did that photography project. Like you basically let me experiment and um, it was definitely a, a starting point for a lot of my creativity that I do today. But yeah, uh, please introduce yourself and give us a little bit about your story. 
Sure. That's amazing. So I am Dr. Ruth Nicole Brown. Thank you all for inviting me to be Thank on the show. It is such an honor. My goodness. I'm <laughs> so glad to be reconnected. It, it's amazing I'm, that you remember the class. Um, I remember you in the class, like I said, coming from North Campus. Uh, that hip hop feminism class, every time I teach it, it transforms me. So this is such an affirmation to hear that the lessons that we shared in that class are still with you because they are definitely still with me as um, are, are, are so many of the projects that mm -hmm. students created in the course. Mm -hmm. um, so this is just really a complete honor. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about Soul High uh, in terms of our definitions of success. And, um, you know, we always say um, is, you don't, you know, to become successful doesn't mean at all that you have to leave the people that grew you. So mm -hmm. I love when folks uh, have reached out, like, you know, you know, we shared this experience, let's reconnect. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like I made it by being on this show. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> wow. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, that means yeah. a great deal to me. Um, Let's see, I grew up, as you said, in Park Forest, Chicago Heights, Illinois, and that's right outside of uh, Chicago. It's a South Suburbs. Um, I like to let people know that uh, my family migrated actually to Chicago Heights um, and Park Forest from Kentucky. Both sides of my family are from Kentucky and uh, my grandparents uh, moved from Kentucky to Chicago Heights uh, mm. for work, to work in the steel, uh, steel factories there. Uh, first generation college student on uh, the baby of the family, uh, Capricorn, as we talked about earlier. Uh, and just honored to be in conversation with you all. Wow. Wow. I, I just have to say, first gens in the house, stand up. <laughs> yes. But I think that's that's so powerful. You know, you, um, Dr. V, just, just one, I, I mean, I think a lot about how where we come from often shapes it shapes so much of the, not just the way that we see the world, but the way that we think the world sees us. Absolutely. And as I think of, you know, as I think about um, what it must have been like for you navigating um, where you came from as a first generation college student, that's something I'm constantly wondering how, you know, there are so many of us out there, mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. there isn't really a space in the public sphere, I feel like, or just a space <laughs> to, to hold and to discuss what it means that rigor, that creative resilience. And when I saw your your book, um, Here Are Truths, and I saw that there's like a video on your website, and it's just it's just black brilliance. And you're talking about black girlhood. And you're talking about this creative resilience. And I'm so I'm that's the question I had told Lemma. I prepared a few questions. <laughs> so, you know, I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about. Um, what is what inspired that book particularly here are truths for you and then to, to also share more about so hot so hot okay so here are truths uh, I wrote that when I was a professor at the University of Illinois uh, currently I'm at Michigan State University now as the inaugural chairperson of African American and African studies but I'm I wrote on that inaugural yes, yes inaugural. <laughs> more first, more first. Uh, uh -huh. I mean, all of us are first in something. Um, right. And the Here Are Truth um, was my, what they call my tenure book. Um, mm. You have to write a book to go for tenure. It was actually the second single author book that I wrote. 
and so the first book was Black Girlhood Celebration. And I wrote that. That came, that book was a work, a labor of love and mm -hmm. heart. And I wrote Black Girlhood Celebration as we were creating Soul Hot, which I will talk a little bit more about. Mm -hmm. uh, but to, to get to hear our truth, there's the story of Black Girlhood Celebration because that's when we were we were actively then trying to, to work out and through these questions of what it means to celebrate Black girlhood in mm -hmm. all of our complexity. Uh, we have some organizing dilemmas that we ran into and I brought to the page. And then there was some critique that showed up in the room that we brought with us and I wanted to get that on the page. Mm -hmm. uh, as well as just some stories that, the stories that stayed with me. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's all in Black Girlhood Celebration. Uh, Here Our Truths uh, came a few years after that. And by that time, it was still about soul high. It was still about what we were um, thinking through in our practice. Mm -hmm. And I put that in conversation with so many of the Black women, women of color, artists, poets, mm -hmm. uh, theorists who were guiding our work. I mean, we'd be mm -hmm. at soul high and we, you know, are reciting the words of, of June Jordan and, mm. and Becky Alexander um, and, and just thinking about Kira Gant's work, like actively in a space as we're in conversation. Mm. Uh, mm. John Morgan, for sure, um, oh, as the girls are talking and to the chicken heads through, yeah. <laughs> through hip hop. You know, I remember that, Mo. I, I have so many stories to share. Um, but I wanted to get into um, Kira Truth, especially like some of the deep things that we were thinking about and that was our creative potential um mm -hmm. i was thinking about what culture means when you create it with black girls how it circulates what people mm -hmm. make of it how we think of our own uh creative power i was thinking about what it means to be in consistent relationship with black girls and then so how we call ourselves homegirls and there was so much work um that folks did to be able to show up present and hold a black girl's attention that I just wanted to document. And in the interviews, homegirls would say, you know, if they knew so hot was today, like it affected how they woke up in the morning. Like they started preparing to meet the girls, you know, from the moment of sunrise until well after we were in a space together, um, come mm -hmm. home, gotta reflect, write about it, think about it. So like all of that was in a practice. And I, and I think that's really important to recall because especially when you work with people, you know, there, there are ways in which people can reduce that work as like, um, an after school program or, you know, people think it's a political, but there's so much that goes in, um, mm -hmm. to the work as you all know, to be able to, to show up and be accountable. Uh, right. to girls and young people that that deserves uh, academic attention and just our uh, personal commitments. Yeah, and and you 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 just honed in on this this point here, this last point around uh, that work. Often, yeah. there is an attempt to reduce it to oh, this is just mm -hmm. an after school program, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what to me was the brilliance of what Dr. Gott brought in in terms yeah. of you know black girls um, hand clapping games. Like, what yeah. would it mean? for us to reimagine rap. Like what if black girls are some of the first rappers because they're, I'm lazy, I'm crazy, I'm whoopsie daisy and I freeze. And like there's rhythm and there's rhyme all up in that. And that that is, it can't be seen as, it, by sh viewing it as apolitical, you're erasing mm -hmm. participation in creating our lives and creating our culture. And so I, I, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that point 
for for folks that are like that might think oh this is just an after school care like what does it mean mm-hmm. to to be engaged in what does it mean when a young girl wakes up with more inspiration and hope for the mm-hmm. day like oh so 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 hot is going to happen today so i know i'm going to bring my a game and i'm i have a purpose i have a reason to be up and to be moving and to be offering up the best of myself to this mm-hmm. one life i have um Absolutely. You said it. And, and shout out to Dr. Kira Gaunt. I mean, her work has always inspired my own. I'm so thankful for games. Uh, we played Double Dutch. Uh, I don't know. We played that in, in the hip hop feminism class that you took. Um, but certainly when I teach uh, Black girlhood and we talk about kinesthetic orality and, and, and Black <laughs> girlhood and, as cultural producers and, um, you know, for me, what motivates me is every time I see, you know, a girl and she would ask me, it's so hot today. And even in that question, it's such a, a loaded, it is her aspiration, a hope, a desire. Okay, this is something she wants to do. And then, you know, I would ask myself, it's so hot today. What's, what does that mean? That means I have to be in right relationship, organizing folks who who I know to be the dopest artists, human beings that are possible. Um, where are they at? How are they doing? Um, do we have the resources actually to make Soul Hot happen today? Uh, did I write the grant? Uh, did we get the grant? If we didn't, you know, how else are we going to show up with snacks? Because, I mean, the thing about after school, after, after school, that site is such a space of politics. I mean, mm. I think the, re- the the reduction comes certainly from people who, you know, don't do it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But to even uh, have the courage to, the courage, the wherewithal, the presence of mind, the heart, uh, to for, for me um, as, as a scholar, to move outside of the university, to go to a middle school, to confront, you know, the front of the school building, um, mm-hmm. how to get in, um, mm-hmm. And depending on the building we in, that can mean going through, you know, kind of particular surveillance, uh, background checks, um, mm. to the things that you witness before you even, you know, walk through the door, whether that's interactions between uh, young people or teachers and, and students and mm-hmm. taking all of that in um, from your, from at least ours and the homegirls, very long day, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of work, of class, of experiencing what we we had to to uh, to be able to show up, mm-hmm. um, and so it's like you you know you can read the ways that power is is working, conditioning their response to you. Who are you coming in here, and where are you coming from, uh, and what you got to you know sell me? And it's like so hot is none of that. So. Um, I always talk about the honor and the privilege of of creating spaces that hold Black girls' attention. And that's a lot of work. That's Ooh. a lot of work because you got to be saying something and it got to sound, uh, it got to sound good. It got to sound right. Something, um, as you said, that they can trust uh, and they can see themselves um, mm-hmm. reflected back in. And also, as you said, you know, wanting to be accountable to like, uh, we show up, and I think one of the strengths of Soul High is that um, the diversity among us. So mm-hmm. there are so many ways um, to show up and to be present. And we usually, you know, working with a group between of thirty girls, fifty girls, but they can they can he- see, hear, feel, sense something. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, um, 
that makes them, you know, curious about mm -hmm. who we are and who we can be together. And that's, that's where we, you know, create energy uh, mm -hmm. to continue building. And I, and I don't know, I'm just talking as if people know what soul height is. I know you I was going to say, yes. Can you, can you, can you let the good people know? Right. So on the so soul high, it, so in 2006, as I said, I, I created um, soul high and I love telling, uh, this is like one origin story among, among many, but I did a dissertation on girl empowerment programs and uh, it was a traditional ethnography and uh, I noticed that even in programs for young people, you're familiar with them, you know, they claim to want to give uh, young people voice and they want them to be expressive and they want them to be empowered. But in the spaces that I was at, you know, the more girls, black girls demonstrated those exact skills, the more they were troubled or yeah, made to be in trouble or punished. And I was like, wait a minute, but this program is supposed to be about empowerment. And she told you what she liked and what she didn't like, and you mm -hmm. couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden she got sent outside the program. Like, no, right. that's not right. Um, and so, you know, being the, the graduate student that I was, I gave my, you know, full blooded critique, you know, mm -hmm. to the folks who were running the program. and. And, you know, they, they took it well and sincerely asked, uh, you know, well, point us to something better. And, you know, this is, this was uh, a while ago. This was before, you know, Black Girl Everything um, mm -hmm. now. And I really uh, had a hard time pointing them to something that I thought was uh, worthwhile and what I was talking about. So I decided I created myself as a postdoc. Um, I said, we could create this thing. So mm -hmm. I volunteered uh, for a year, the Boys and Girls Club in Champaign, mm -hmm. just to get to know the young folks. And they were amazing. <laughs> like I knew that right away. Like I met some, I mean, just super talented, smart, brilliant, like growing me, you know, in every way. <laughs> it was just a joy like to, to be in conversation with them. And so uh, the, at that time, they had like a package curriculum in the box, like a girl empowerment. Every organization kind of has a girl empowerment thing. And so it was super whack, <laughs> but I did it um, because I was new. Um, and after about a year, one of the uh, uh, Regina Kreider, she was working there at the time. And she was like, Dr. Brown, like, first of all, she was like, I can't believe you're from the university and you have been volunteering so consistently mm -hmm. <laughs> for free right. for that's so long. Right. That's so rare. That's so rare. <laughs> she that's was like, I can't believe that. Right. So I had gained her trust and she was like, I bet you have a better idea and I was like, I definitely do. <laughs> so I threw that curriculum wow. in the trash, garbage, basura, like let that go. And was like, all right, the idea is called Soul High. And I don't know where that name came from. And I did, I just knew that we were going to celebrate Black girls. And I was like, there were just a few things that like I knew. Soul High came to me, mm -hmm. uh, the vision celebrating Black girls. I knew from my doctoral work that anything worth doing was not going to be like a solo project. So I had one-on-ones with some of the dopest people that I knew in Champaign, Black women. And like some of them, I had seen them maybe perform at an open mic. I was like, you're dope. I need you. And I was like, can we meet up at the, you know, coffee shop? Um, Dr. Aisha Durham, I actually saw her uh, at a conference in New York 
brilliant mind. And then I said, you know, where are you? And she said, I'm at the University of Illinois. I was like, you gotta be kidding. Like, that's where I am. And we met wow. in I was like, please come do this thing called Soul Hot. And so I was telling folks, I was like, uh, graduate students, I sent this email around. I was like, do you want to be part of the revolution? <laughs> you ready to ask <laughs> you ready to what yeah i said yes yeah, a revolution we're gonna celebrate black girls and they was like okay cool like where is it i said it's at the boys and girls club <laughs> like, okay not the place they thought the revolution was gonna pop off <laughs> i was like just be <laughs> there right <laughs> just show up with all of your stuff your skills your talent come and then uh and then we're gonna make it happen and that's exactly like how it went from the first day. We had these rituals, we knew to check in, we knew to do a few things that we created in Soul Hot that we have since expanded. Um, and like that session went way longer than planned. And like, this is 14 years later, we are still doing that, which is so wild to me. Mm, um, it looks wow. That's how it, that's how it got started. Oh, I'll let y'all take the mic. Cause I just, I can tell, I got a question, you know, we were just talking scalability you know in class with our ed school with, with mm. students and to, to think about because there's a, a sister um who did some work in san diego um very kind of interpersonal relationship based right doing going into the community you mm -hmm. know taking the time to talk to community members parents to really turn a school around that was predominantly latino and black that folks were sleeping on and get them college ready and many of these students were immigrant you know first gen all all of that mm -hmm. i mean that's my community that's where i come from and so um anyway she was talking about her experience but how after she left like and i mean her turnover rate like she mm -hmm. was the, the principal and mm -hmm. all of her staff stayed on for three years the three years that she was there like she had very low like kind of turnover because she she was so intentional about the interpersonal relationships and mm -hmm. it's making me think a lot about what you're saying in terms of you spent a year at the boys and girls club first and foremost building trust and just being mm -hmm. with the people in community yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like yep. not wanting anything, no, not money, it could, because you know what the heart of this work is and what that mm -hmm. really means and how it, the relationships are everything. Mm -hmm. And and so though for her, you know, she talked about how after she left, it kind of, it's ended, right? So mm -hmm. pose the question to students about scalability, like what, you know, what would you do to continue it on? And so to hear that you with mm -hmm. Soul Hot, that it's now in its 14th year and that it's continuing and it's, and it, and it, it's making that impact is really, incredible uh i'll pass the mic because we'll talk but <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> thank yeah. you i think that's such a great point like i think often people do before they learn or like listen like there's a lot of let's take action i i have an idea and then they've completely neglected the fact that you're talking about people or stories or experiences that are very different to whatever you've experienced and you need to pause understand where your contribution is, what you've learned from these people. Like even just discussing earlier how you were saying the children had given you so much and had allowed mm -hmm. you to grow so much. Like there was so much education there that I'm sure you brought into the curriculum that you proposed a year later. Yep. Like, and I love that whole dichotomy that, or the juxtaposition you did between discipline and expression. Like mm -hmm. often we silence people accidentally because we misinterpret them, their voice or their ways of expressing themselves as them being disobedient or incorrect or being aggressive or whatever adjective you wanna use that we end up putting, especially on people of color and especially on women who are persons of color, 
that they should stay silent because they're just saying something aggressively or they're saying it incorrectly or they're saying it because this is just the archetype they fulfill in our heads and it's not because they have a voice and they should be listened to and then should be uplifted like Mm -hmm. that that sequence doesn't always happen and as you were talking you also touched a lot about you know building your community in champagne and Mm -hmm. um you had had so many artists come in during the time that I was taking the class, the one that I particularly remember is Mother Nature. Yes, yes. And, and it's funny because <laughs> I actually moved to Chicago after college um, and I kept going to this one place, like this one coffee shop by my house and I would go there to work because I worked remotely. And I started talking to the guy that worked there and you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like a part of Mother Nature and he knows you and i'm like what a small like it was (laughs) like literally such a small world how did you foster that and you know moving from champaign to michigan state how did you continue to do that and how do you redevelop that community yeah thank you for that question um mother nature let's see they are a fabulous duo you gotta like look up mother nature i i feel like um, a good fan if i was able to shout out like they're on instagram their twitter they're everywhere uh, but look up their music uh based out of chicago now as you said they moved to chicago the story around mother nature uh, my dear heart uh i love i love you all so much um that that was so shasta who is a part of mother nature took my black women and popular culture class i first met shasta in class she was a student uh and she was recommended uh to my class by um i believe her cousin uh lindsey um was like you need to take dr b's class and shasta it was a summer school class and i'm not gonna get into the details of it (laughs) um but i was like you know I, i i like to do what i can to support um I mean, all the students, and I was like, Shasta, you know, like, what's going on? You know, what are what what are you into? Because uh, I really wanted to invite her participation into mm. the class, you know. Um, and sometimes she might be a little late. I mean, we've all been late to class, okay? This is like not. <laughs> right, right. You're not, it, it's not like, you know, I, I mean, I know I'm late often, you know, like Zoom is helping with that, right? Like, it's not. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, when it happens more than, you know, a pattern and professors, you know, notice and are concerned. And so I was like, you know, and a lot of students also work, uh, which is real life. Um, and so Shasta was like, uh, you know, I, you know, sorry, Dr. B, you know, we had a show last night. Um, and I was like, a show? I said, oh, so you're an artist. Uh, she was like, yeah, I'm in this hip hop uh, group. And I was like, oh, I was like, you rap? You know, we talking about black women in popular culture. I think I probably just gave like a lecture on, I don't know. I was probably still talking about Little Kim. I'm always talking about Little Kim still. <laughs> but, um, oh, I, was, I can't wait for you to talk to Akua. <laughs> I'm so 90s. And so you're a, you're a rapper. I was like, you know, show me, show and prove. Cause I'm hip hop <laughs> 90s. I just said it, you know, like I'm 90s. <laughs> And so she didn't think twice she dropped the dopest bars I have ever heard. And I was just like, yes, like, when is the next show? (laughs) When is the next show? Um, 
she's like, I'm part of the band. Well, it's not a band. They group called the Great Thinkers. And she was like, we got a show, you know, whatever. Long story short, I went to all their shows. Um, Shasta, I learned, we, she's still in my class. But what I started saying is I was actually, I started taking her class and I call it going to night class. And every time Great Thinkers had a show, I was in the audience. Like, Shasta is one of the dopest MCs I have ever heard in my entire life. Wow, I need their link right now. Yeah, I gotta drop it in the chat. Um, that just blew my mind. And um, I started learning from her. I, you know, all the things I was uh, thinking about as a scholar, as a, doing Soul Hot, like you said, Cypress, Collectivities, I saw her, uh, the great thinkers, they their own collective. And I was learning from them. How do they do collective work? How do they inspire each other's artistry? And just watching them. Um, and, you know, we uh, built a, a artistic relationship, mentor-student relationship. I was just so in awe. And the great thinkers, uh, Shasta, in particularly introduced me to like the local hip hop scene in Champaign. And so when I was at the show, they were like, this is Dr. D. And we would, we would have ciphers, like knowledge ciphers. Like we were holding class, like sometimes the university classroom walls are, you know, it's like they, they constrain what you're really trying to do. You know, right. we can have, have a better le a lecture at night, you know, at the Canopy Club talking about some real stuff, people right. really um, feeling what they mean, asking questions that are sincere on the heart. And um, it was just an amazing time um, at Tyranny. Uh, Tyranny took the class because of Shasta. I remember this, I mean, you guys, I got stories because these are people that I you know, care about so much and we built real relationships. Um, and Tyranny was in my class and Tyranny got a call that changed her life. And Tyranny mm. is a very thoughtful, uh, person uh, I noticed immediately a change after that phone call she got I'm like is everything okay and she didn't speak on it because she wouldn't uh, but anyway um, mm -hmm. I, uh, Tyranny was also part of a collective uh, called uh, Paradigm Shift Tyranny was a, a, a poet uh, rapper and who started presenting creative work in, in the class um, and, and from that moment that phone call moment uh, Tyranny did this. You know, it's this long. How long we got? Okay, so Tyranny. We, we are so grateful for these stories. They are cherished. They are oh sacred. My, oh my goodness. Tyranny for her final project in Revolutionary Acts drops a mixtape called Luxocracy after Laylee Mappa Ryan, if you know, womanist reader, um, mm. the womanist idea. <laughs> She drops this mixtape, uh, this mixtape, Luxocracy. On the tape is a song, What's Real? that was really about, you know, what transpired after that phone call that she got on this way to this Trisha Rose letter. And Tyranny in this track, it was the hardest track again. I was like, oh my goodness. One, I mean, Tyranny, Tyranny and Shasta have different styles for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Tyranny goes like so, so deep. Um, like mm -hmm. the rhythm is just, she speeds it up, slows it down, um, but gets like right direct to the, to the thing, you know, mm. right to the heart of it, like right on the pulse of everything of that song. It was called What's Real, and that's how Tyranny is. That's why her her stage name is Truth. Like, that's oh, exactly truth. what okay. she said. Truth, truth. And so um, me, you know, I had that uh, book come out 
uh, that was here, our truth that you mentioned at first. Mm -hmm. And so I'm inspired by everything that I'm learning from them. And I was like, Shasta and Tyranny, can y'all do a, a, a song together for the book trailer? Like, you know, again, dope rappers. Um, mm -hmm. They were a part of two different collectives. I didn't know, I didn't really like know what I was asking at the time. We did the book trailer uh, anyway, they become a duo. And then they just like totally transformed Champagne Urbana through their music. I mean, they were doing rallies. They had the people organized uh, at the concerts, at the, like they had from politics to, to social to, they just are amazing and they still are doing it. And, um, yeah, next level. I think I that, that goes too. back to that principle of the, the seeds that you plant. Like mm -hmm. like hearing Lemma talk about how she had met another student of yours that she didn't even know was your student. I'm you yes. know me and names, but but just that that interconnected web, but like those seeds that you sow and like they they grow and they're they harvested in such a beautiful way and it always comes back. It always comes back to you. And I think I mean, you know, there's so many different metaphors around like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And I think about that in the teacher student relationship. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you, you know, when the work speaks for itself, but I'm gonna pass it to Lynn, <laughs> Ken, Lynn, <laughs> it's your turn. You ready for the spin? Win. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> what you got, Lynn? <laughs> I mean, I just want to say something that I appreciate so much is your humility as a scholar mm -hmm. as, and as an, as someone in academia to constantly be, you know, learning and um, listening to your students, but also, you know, just like you said, breaking the boundaries of our lecture halls, which can really constrain us um, as people who are in these, you know, ivory towers that are in academia. Mm -hmm. And I would just love to hear more if you have advice for people, because I really think like, even for Lemma, like this was one of the most transformative classes of her four years of, you know, engineering, which is, uh, you know, something that she's very passionate about and something mm -hmm. that, you know, she's pursuing a career in. But I feel like we really need more of these these courses that where we listen and engage with the community, where we break those boundaries, we break those boxes. Um, so what do you feel like, I mean, I, and of course, I'm sure you have faced so many challenges just doing what you do in these, you know, constrained um, boxes of academia. But, you know, what advice would you give to people who are trying to revolutionize and break those boundaries mm. as a scholar, as an academic? Uh, you know, thank you for that question. Um, and I would tie it into the second part of the question, which I didn't get to. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I I grew up, I talk about Chicago Heights. I, I was, you know, lucky, blessed to have um, these incredible Black women teachers. Uh, first, second, third grade. My Miss uh, Vopi is my first grade teacher who Mother Nature Shasta and them met, Soul Hot has met my first grade teacher. And she said, I am a teacher of truths. And so I'm in this tradition and you said, and like you said, love always comes back. You know, my first grade teacher, she taught us through love and I am in, in that tradition. It comes back. And now that I'm at Michigan State, what does transformation look like? I mean, right now, you know, the walls aren't necessarily an issue. <laughs> like, we can't, you know, the, what, what, what is the matter of a building now? Uh, mm. when we're encouraged to work from home and to teach through this Zoom. Mm. Uh, 
platform yeah. is, is what I'm thinking about. And um, we, and this is our first year in AAAS as a department. And uh, Dr. Tamora Lomax is the other 100% appointed faculty in AAAS. And we are creating everything anew. And we are starting, you know, from exactly right where we are, who we are. And so all the things I talked about that I bring with me, uh, Dr. Lomax brings so much uh, with her and we're trying to create from this space uh, between us. And, you know, our vision statement for AAAS uh, references Tony K. Um, Bambara, uh, the salt eaters. And we talk about wanting to facilitate technologies of living in our vision statement. Mm -hmm. And when you said, you know, like the, there is humility required and um, you ask for advice. I mean, I'm again, sort of reading the traditions that I'm in, keeping mm -hmm. what needs to be kept, letting go of again, trash, you know, stuff that belongs elsewhere. Um, but really trying for me right now, it's a very real question. It's a very real thing that it's like advice to myself, but, um, yeah. in rereading salt eaters, you know, there's that line, um, there is nothing that stands between you and perfect health. And, and I think about mm -hmm. what that means during a pandemic. Um, but to, as Tony, as it was the character saying in the book, um, you know, can you hold that thought? And it is a counter intuitive thought and Tony K. Bombera instructs us to hold counterintuitive thoughts as, as a way to, you know, get closer to our liberation. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, what if, what if I hold the thought, um, that there is nothing, nothing between me and perfect health in this moment, um, <laughs> uh, you know, how then might I move? What needs to happen? What conversations will I have with, uh, Dr. Lomax and the other, scholars who are continuing on uh, to help the new build of AAAS. Um, and from there, we can grow. Um, that sort of is kind of a, a act of, of radical imagination, um, of unwavering, undeterred faith and, and mm -hmm. audaciousness um, that, you know, that it, that because we are here, you know, it's already present um, and we can mm -hmm. just, we can just act on it. I mean, we can, why not? <laughs> I mean, you are, now we're, we are, we are in church, I will say, <laughs> as I've been working at a chaplaincy more, I'm, I'm, I'm growing more akin to just naming it. I'm like, well, okay, you know, doing Africana spirituality work and, you yes. know, in our tradition, it's like, I mean, we say Ashe, we say yes. Amen. So mm -hmm. it is life force, life source, life source. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's just so powerful to, to, when you hear that reflective back, I love the way you said, um, I mean, what is keeping us from um, experiencing, what is it, our perfect per perfect health or perfect mm -hmm. truth in this moment? Mm-hmm, yep, yep. If I had a pencil, I'm, I I need to find mine because typically <laughs> I'm taking notes on here and I was like, no, because they can hear your typing. So I'm like, <laughs> I can't keep it here. But you know, it's, oh man, wow. The yep. creator created us to create, Imago Day. Like that's what it brings to mind. So. Wow, thank you. And whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, I mean, sometimes it's as little as something you could just, you know, step over. It was nothing really big in the first place. Uh, other times, you know, what is standing, if you name it, you're like, oh man, that's some really messed up stuff. Like it's a big social injustice maybe that's keeping you. But, you know, Tony K, listening to Tony K, she's like, you got to face it. 
And mm-hmm. if it's something really big, it can be faced. That's when you, you know, that's what my first advice, call your homegirls. If it's mm-hmm. really big, like call a homegirls, grab a hand, don't go alone, but face it, you know, um, all of that. I think that's, I mean, I love that, but I also kind of want to, I want to interrogate that a bit because, yes. I mean, especially in a year that we've all just had, where we just have been unable to really catch a breath. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to tell myself, and I do tell myself, mm-hmm. there is nothing standing in between me and perfect health. And of course, health here extends beyond physical health. Right? Absolutely. It extends beyond, I mean, it means many things, but sometimes I feel like the thing standing between me and perfect health is me. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm standing in between that is because of things that I can't control and because of emotions that I'm feeling that even when I want to confront them, mm-hmm. I can't fully move on from mm-hmm. or I'm in them. Mm-hmm. And then observing being stuck and observing again the periphery of, you know, injustice and disaster and feeling like whatever is between me and that thing is 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 trivial because again you remind yourself okay there's nothing really between you there but you so then just move past you but Mm. that becomes like a tension that i can't resolve for myself Mm -hmm. and i wonder like i mean yeah i guess i'll let you speak to that but i i just i think i i Mm -hmm. i've asked myself time and time again this year when do we accept that things feel too much and I need to stop and I need to fill them in. Maybe I can't swim right now. Maybe I'm just floating. Mm-hmm. And when do you force yourself mm. to like go? You're just mm. like suck it up and go. And how do you mm-hmm. decide and balance that? Mm. Oh, I appreciate that. that. Those are the so hot questions. And you know, we came to that question through this conversation, but I tell you, I can hear Jessica, um, Jessica talking to me right now. Jessica, who's been a homegirl with Soul Hot. And you know, those very questions people ask themselves because um, sometimes in Soul Hot, like, um, you know, we got some, we got some ninth grade truth tellers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know if you've been in a group of middle schoolers before, but like, you know, your biggest insecurity, you know, it take like, five minutes for the black girl truth telling group to like <laughs> out loud like you ain't saying nothing and she come and just read you for your whole life you know and it's just like what it was the very thing you was trying to hide um, <laughs> and it's like out in the open um that happens all the time where people then come to to me with the same questions you know that you just asked i mean i remember uh Dr. Sherry Lewis was like, you know, you talk so much about love, uh, Dr. B. Well, you know, what What if I don't know what love is really? You know, like, what if I don't know? Um, let's just, I mean, just these kind of big questions. Um, and in Soul Hot, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, you know, we say. Um, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it, uh, the trigger means that you really shouldn't be in soul hot. You, you, you should maybe, you know, uh, get some rest or you should maybe, um, find a spiritual practice, you know, or maybe you should, um, um, seek, seek, uh, some mental, uh, health support. Like those are all 
very real things. It's not for me to say, you know, what, 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 what is your journey and what you need to do. But I do always remind folks of, of the option because what I I don't ever mean to just suggest that you just got to press, mm-hmm. you know, press in spite of everything, especially when you feeling like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, questioning your very spirituality personhood no you know but you you talk about you know when I'm talking about perfect health in this pandemic you know for me it's very personal uh you know I lost my father to COVID this past June and so I like so many other folks are grieving uh, and I'm grieving in um in, in a context that that does not allow for the cultural traditions that okay. mean so much to me and my people, um, I'm grieving in this sort of delayed time. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm grieving in a new community. Um, you know, my family is very far, and so when I hear your question, Lama, I take it very personal because these are the same things I'm asking myself. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever lost anyone who means the world to you, 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 you surely probably have thought, you know, like this, this thing could just envelop you. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. can't, like, it just can. And so, um, you know, so I'm thinking about, you said binaries, then you said juxtaposition, which is why I already know, like, you know, you already know the answer. Cause for me, I, you know, I'm listening you know, being present with that suffering and that grief, yeah. uh, being very present in it, uh, asking myself the kind of questions you just asked of yourself, mm-hmm. listening to then what mm-hmm. I hear as the answer. And sometimes it emanates from me. Sometimes it comes, the answer is in the voice of my children. Sometimes yeah. it, it is the homegirl who texts, you know, the very words that I, that, you know, I needed to hear articulated back. But uh, in, in the readings, you know, that I'm reading, it's just always a reminder that, you know, the suffering is present, which also means uh, that life is present. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the duality, the juxtaposition, uh, the joy and the pain. That's why I yeah. put the maze on the soundtrack. Like, um, and then what am I going to give my attention to, you know? And then it's just being, like you said, going back to, well, where I'm from, you know, um, you know, you're going to put some respect on that name. You're going to re- put yeah. some respect on my father's name, you know? Yeah. And so that's like my tradition. And it's like, I come back, I ask all the questions, but I know that, like, mm-hmm. I know that. And I believe in that. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's like, that's what I, that's what I then decide to grow. And it's very, very intentional. It's not without my homegirls. It's not without a spiritual practice. It's not without a discipline. Mm-hmm. Actually, something my friend recently told me is she was like, because I was feeling really sad one day, and she was mm-hmm. like, feel gratitude even while you feel sad. Like, don't mm-hmm. allow one to negate the other. You don't need to be ungrateful when you don't feel great. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. still recognize the things that make you happy or you are thankful for, mm-hmm. even though right now you are in the middle of an emotion that mm-hmm. is far from light and positive, you know? Yep. Yeah, I'm because I'm here. As do yeah. of us did not die, you know we are complex, we are profound, we are so deep. I know you are a deep thinker. It's like that's not all that we are. And so I'm not afraid of the shadow work. I'm not afraid of the dark. It's like what else is in there? 
Yeah. You know, like, and that's when, I mean, again, seriously, like, going back, calling the ancestors. Uh, I just recently got into, like, again, um, learning the names, birth dates of, you know, my great-grandparents, the folks that I never knew. Like, mm-hmm. all of that, you know, is, is still also very present. Um, so it's like, what else, what else is in there? What else is in there? Highlighting that spirit uh, and Africana spirituality, right? I think there's a, there's a particular because we we started off and, and Lem and I like when we were conceptualizing or thinking like, oh cool, like let's do this thing, you know. Mm-hmm. The idea was in a particular moment like this, mm-hmm. um, how can we lift up um, the traditions and the ways that Black people, Black and Brown people, are are finding ways not to just survive, you know, yeah. but to thrive, but to breathe. And like, what are the, what, what is the sustenance? What is the life force and source? And, yeah. and, 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 and that's what kind of created a premise for, oh, cool. We could talk a little bit about breaking boxes and like how you're overcoming something in your life or how you've overcome it. Mm-hmm. And I love, let me your question and, and your response, Dr. B, because it makes it a lot more real. Like you said, we must have a spiritual practice that we can know our suffering is part and parcel to this human experience. And we live in a culture that tells us that you got to act like you got it all together all the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> the folks feeling like, well, how do they always, they just always, <laughs> always are just brilliant. Like, you know, and then there's this thing about how, you know, we, we compare other people's highlight reel to our yeah. behind the scenes. And it's mm-hmm. like, we see our behind the scenes. We don't, mm-hmm. we can't see their behind the scenes. So we can't, you know, but we're so accustomed to just congest and consume and we're comparing someone else's highlight reel, you know, to our behind the scenes. But I bet you if we, if we lifted up the curtain, <laughs> the mm-hmm. other folks would be like, oh snap. <laughs> you piss yeah. it cool too. You know, my mom always says that. So I just, wow, yeah. this is such a rich conversation. And how are we already at an hour? That don't make sense to me. <laughs> I talked for a long time, but you just, you are so right about it. Like how very human of you. And that's okay. You know, there's this emotions wheel. I want to send, I'll I'll probably pass it along afterwards, but it just, it's helped me through my grad program of like all like sort of like these layers of emotions and they're tied back to a root, a guttural, like six emotions that all humans have of anger, sadness, disgust, Mm -hmm. you know, um, happiness, joy. There's a few of them, but then there's like language to name out, okay, there's a second layer and then there's Mm -hmm. a third layer. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that, you know, feeling abandoned is tied to feeling fearful is tied to X, Y, Z, you know, (laughs) it just is helpful to name a line Mm -hmm. um, to get more words to, to name, oh, this is cool. This means I'm human. Oh, crying. Oh, that feels good after because I can release the pain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And release, right? Release. And it's just like, I mean, get some folks in your life who remind you of who you are, you know, because um, there, and there's a song that I play. uh, I've been playing a lot uh, in my own grieving, in my own questioning. uh, This song, uh, it's love is all around and I love the version that Rochelle Farrell sings and there's a clip on YouTube with Rochelle Farrell, Lettucey, Rasan Patterson, uh, and Layla Hathaway and love is all around and, and Rochelle Farrell is just an amazing, brilliant musician, artist, uh, scientist, engineer also because she always says, you know, uh, reminds us of these, you know, string theories and, 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 and science and gravity and energy can't be, you know, 
um, destroyed or created, only transformed. Right. And so it's like that that's that's the power that we have. That's the power of of creativity and art. Uh, that's why I also as a part of my spiritual practice make time to do my art. Mm. We talked a little bit about um, Audre Lorde's Poetry is Not a Luxury uh, mm-hmm. last episode. And I feel like that ties really nicely into this point about being human and vulnerability and how, because um, how, the way that I interpreted her essay is that we are both rational thinkers, but also emotional beings. And we need to be able to speak true to both parts of us you know we can't just be machines that work and work without and neglect how we feel and what it means to our life and you know the complexity of just being human and experiencing relationships and the end of relationships and grieving Mm -hmm. and how poetry is is something that is necessary and fulfills a big part of that emotional complexity and Mm -hmm. i feel like this to me feels like we're coming back in a circle to this point and and how and something that I still remember about our your class is, and I, and I brought into my life ever since, is this idea of, you know, you can't change a macro world on your own, but you can change your micro circle and your own personal justices that you put forth. Like you can decide what cause you stand for and you actively make decisions within your own circle that in that are true to that justice and that that is not to say it's enough but it is you know something noble and important to pursue as you are an emotional being and as you decide to be compassionate to others and yourself and i know you got the lesson because you invited me to this conversation so now my cipher has expanded <laughs> i'm happy to hear that yeah so very grateful. Thank you so much, Dr. V, for your time and for your wisdom and for your knowledge and your insight and for sharing. I'm excited to to, to dig into Mother Nature bars. Yes, yeah. I got another because um, because you are all um, mostly, I guess, this the radio, the listeners are in Boston. And uh, I also just have to um, to to shout out, uh, you said poetry is not a luxury, um, but (laughs) it is not a luxury. Uh, One person who always improves the quality of light through which I understand who I am is Portia Ola Iwola, who Mm. is in Boston and Mm. is a poet. uh, Mm. And Portia's book is titled, I Shimmer Sometimes Too. And uh, one of my favorite poems is I merely rock on every block in here. I love that line. Um, But Portia was um, also a student uh, in our hip hop feminisms class who have a great story about that I love to share at another time. But everybody in in Boston, uh, if you don't know uh, Portia's poetry, please go to whatever link or <laughs> I would say like whatever venue, but whatever link you you hear uh, your poet laureate speaking, do check out Portia Olaywola. Mm. I merely rock on every block. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> and all our listeners need to check out MotherNatureBars.com. Yeah. Bars they do. They do. Shout out to also Mother Nature, great thinkers. Uh, Got to shout out Soul Hot. 
so hot is still going on uh, in so many different places now. We take up space in Champaign, Urbana, Columbia, South Carolina, Chicago, um, hopefully soon in the greater Lansing area. Uh, so hot is about that work. Um, so definitely keep up with the Black Girlhood Celebration there. And also for sure, um, check out the ways that we are growing African-American and African studies at Michigan State University. Uh, Ooh, yes. Yeah. And we got to get you on the Can't Stop Hip Hop uh, conference here at the Hip Hop X Lab. Like that's what I'm about to go to right after this. And I'm like, Aisha, who we just had on. Hold up. If y'all don't already know each other, you do in a different life and it's about yeah. to happen. This is why the second we ended it with Aisha, I was like, I think I have the perfect next <laughs> Golden cipher, Lemma. Look at you. <laughs> Tag teaming. Whew, so I'm so grateful to be connected now. And I'm, I'm definitely about to have Aisha, what? <laughs> we are connected. We are connected. It was a pleasure to meet you both. A pleasure to reconnect. And I look forward to the uh, good work that we will grow from this conversation. Thank you once again. You're listening on WMBR 88.1. This is Lemma. I'm Nian. And I'm Azmira. Thanks for tuning in. Let me play in your afro like I'm your number one pick. I'm taking all of your naps, so I nap here a little bit. Let me play in your afro like I'm your number one pick. You can lay in my lap, yo, I lasso your ass quick. Let me play in your afro like I'm your number one pick. I'm tangled all in your nap, so I nap here a little bit.